your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Avalanche Podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, and we are doing a green room. We've changed the name from Locker Room to Spotify Green Room. Everything is pretty much the same. They just changed the name, changed the look and feel, <clears throat> but it's it's basically a locker room. But I think that's the last time I'm going to call it a locker room because I probably shouldn't do that anymore because it's not called locker room. It's called green room now. So if you uh, want to join in on these conversations, we do them every Thursday. Uh, download the Spotify green room app. You can get it on uh, the App Store or the Google Play Store. And we have these every Thursday. People come in and it's pretty much your opportunity to talk avalanche or other things that might be going on, but predominantly avalanche. <clears throat> and that's definitely what we're going to do today because we haven't had one of these since the avalanche, their season came to an end. And uh, so we'll talk about that. And there's some things that have happened in avalanche world in that one week. So uh, we're going to dive right in, but make sure you follow the show on social media outlets, Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Uh, that's also where you will get notified when these rooms go live. In addition to the green, green, green room notification, uh, follow on Instagram. Just search Locked on Instagram. <laughs> locked on <laughs> Search for Locked on Avalanche. I bet there's a Locked on Instagram account somewhere. Uh, and then send any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So let's get this room started. We got Kyle Sullivan in the house. We got Lothar and Alan are here and people may come and go during the duration of it, which is fine. And you can also chat in the discussion if you see fit. Uh, where do we start? I guess because, well, we'll start with more current affairs and we'll get to the the season that was or season that was not a little bit later, but uh, because I kind of I want to start with Joe Sackick uh, not getting nominated once again for the Jim Gregory Award, which goes to the best GM in the league. And I can't figure this out for the life of me, because what else does the guy need to do if you're saying, well, it goes to a GM where they didn't expect them to do too much and they kind of took the league by surprise and made a run for the playoffs or even maybe nabbed a playoff spot. It goes to that guy. Uh, it goes to the GM who puts a team together, who has consistently risen up the ranks and is the number one team in the league. He's done both of those things. It, you know, and, and the one, if you, if you say it's too easy to give it to the, the GM that, is the best team in the league fine, but he's done the other thing too. He's done the thing where nobody expected them after that horrible season they had the very next year they're in the playoffs. Why didn't he get it then? I don't know what the man needs to do to get the recognition. And that's all it is for me. I don't, I genuinely don't care 
who wins an award because in the end it's an award and it's subjective and it's a couple of people who vote on it that say you're the best <clears throat> to me like honestly like getting a nomination is a big deal he's not even getting those so i can't figure this out for the life of me and what the man needs to do in order for him to get a nomination here and the way that the avalanche are are looking they're they should be good for the foreseeable future. And you're not going to give it to him then because that's what they're expected to do. So I'll leave it open to you guys. Kyle, if you want to take this one first, if you want to mute yourself and jump in here, what am I missing when it comes to this? I honestly don't know. Um, every year, Sackick seems more and more qualified to win these awards. Yet, he's always on the outside looking in. I don't understand why it's the trendy stories more than the personal merit and the accomplishments of the general manager. Um, I, it's, it's absolutely baffling at this point. And it's not like these guys are out there winning cups. Nothing's been awarded yet. I just I don't understand how they can justify leaving Sackick out this time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's based on regular season. It's not supposed to be based on what happens in the postseason. So, uh, and you got Lou Lamorello, who's, this is his second year in a row nominated. Uh, and, and you've had uh, Breezebaugh, who is the GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, you know, they've had multiple seasons in a row where they're at the top of the standings. So he was nominated last year. There's no... <laughs> I can't, I'm like slapping my head trying to figure out a reason why you leave him off this year in particular. It, there's honestly, there isn't a reason. Um, this would have <laughs> actually been one of his more compelling years when it comes to making deals and putting a team together. Um, this was one of his better resumes when it comes to winning the award. So it's even more shocking that he wasn't even considered. Hmm. I agree. Um, <clears throat> Lothar, do you have any comments on, on this? Do you feel like Sakic is getting kind of the shaft here? Well, I think the the main problem is, again, it's Denver. It's not a primary market. Yep. And this year they won the President's Trophy. I mean, what better year than this year? He gets at least a nomination, if not the award. Yep. And But that's the way it is. I mean, last year it was New York. This year it's Montreal. The manager, he gets it for firing the coach. For that, you get an award now. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He cannot do anything else. Probably he has to move and go to a different team, to a primary market like Toronto or Montreal or whatever. Yeah, You can't ignore that fact, man. You can't ignore that it's a small market. And for me... I think that's all the more impressive that he's doing it because he's getting guys to go to a smart, small market or he's drafting them, which is, you know, impressive in its own right. But he's pulling guys in through trades, through free agency, saying, come to Denver, Colorado to play hockey and we'll make something special. And he's done that. But you're right. Like, you know, the three guys this year, Montreal, New York for the Islanders and Florida Panthers, which you could say the Florida Panthers is not that big of a market, but you could say for him, for, for Bill Zito, they gave it to him because not really many people expected Florida to be there and to do what, what they did this year. Great. Congratulations. Well, Sackick did that four years ago. That's so yeah. where, where was it then? I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. 
No. Um, Alan, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I was going to say what Lothar said, actually, about the small market reason. Yeah. Um, I Actually, I just forgot what I was going to say to add to that, so <laughs> you, can, you can move on with it, I guess. That's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> and, 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 you know, but there's real, that, that's the long and the short of it. It's, you know, what yeah. Kyle and, and Lothar are both said is pretty much all that really needs to be said. I don't, I, I, I can't figure out why uh, they just will not nominate him for this. Um, and then we'll move on to Jared Bednar. And this will be interesting because Lothar is not too happy with uh, the avalanche and Jared Bednar. So we'll get to him in a second on this, but I think this is another shaft for not giving uh, Jared Bednar the uh, coach of the year uh, nomination. And for me, again, this goes for what you've done in the regular season. You've, you obtained the president's trophy. Same thing with him. He was nominated the year uh, after the, 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 his second year when they made the playoffs and had that great comeback season. They, they gave him notoriety and giving him at least a nomination. He didn't win it, but still they recognized what he accomplished and they gave it to him for, uh, for, for that this year, nothing, you know, they, they did come out with, I don't know if you guys saw this, it just came out a couple hours ago, the voting um, for the Jack Adams and how it all boiled down. And Brenda Moore was number one. Uh, Dean Eveson was number two. Quinville was number three. Barrett, uh, Bednar was number four. And so he just missed out on it. So he was close to the voting. But when you go through these, uh, these votes, these first, second, third votes, you have David Quinn on there who got a second place vote. How did that happen? And, you know, you have... Uh, Barry Trotz, who all he got was a third place vote. So this thing is all subjective and it's just, uh, you know, it, it, all it is, I get it. It's just an award. It, it's not, you know, life or death. But I, and I think kind of going back to what Lothar said, when you're in a small market, it kind of means a little bit more just to get that notoriety. You know, if you're playing for, like you said, like Toronto or the Rangers or, the the Kings when they're good, like the big market teams, you expect that stuff. And it's not, I mean, it doesn't hold as much weight as if it would for a team like us in the avalanche that when you're good, you want the whole world to know that you're good. And part of that is getting awards thrown at you. So, and, and those three guys that are above Bednar, like I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with those three teams and those three coaches. They're, they're good coaches. Uh, the GM one, that one definitely annoys me. The, the coaching one, I think Bednar should be in there, but the three that are above him, I can live with that. So, uh, Kyle, I don't know if you saw these, the, the, uh, voting that came out in the numbers, but did this one upset you too? Yes. And again, it's, I mean, president's trophy. I mean, yeah. And same with the GM. Like, what else do you have to do? Um, I don't disagree with who they went with, but it's especially with the second round exit again. It's almost making this season feel like it was all for naught. 
and the president's trophy really means nothing. Um, especially if you're getting no, um, off season award notoriety or a way to separate yourself because you won the president's trophy is it's almost makes everything feel meaningless. Yeah. And apparently Brendan Moore did win it, right? Um, yeah, he, he yeah. They just didn't, they announced a couple hours ago that he actually did win it. So, and that's uh, I get it. You know, that's okay. I'm 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 good with that. I don't, I'm not saying Benar should have won it, but uh, again, just to not not be nominated, I think is kind of a slap in the face. So, Lothar, I have to go to you here, man, because uh, you don't even want Bednar back next year. I I don't expect much from him anymore. I mean, what else should come? This team is is the best team in the league and he's again failed to bring it in the third round and uh-huh. not that not only that but from game three on most of the goals the avalanche got were made of mistakes in their own zone or in the neutral zone by wrong passes and he, he i don't know why he could not change that over the the series it started in game two well they won it by a lucky lucky goal in overtime, but then it continued and it got over and over until game six. And it's always the same mistakes. And I got crazy watching it. <laughs> but let me ask you this, I mean, like it, why why would that be his fault? If you know they have It's always the coach. Play. It's well, always the I coach. Mean, you don't you don't fire the team, you fire the coach. Ah, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot at play here, man. Like there there's players and we're, and we're all pointing to Nemeth who played horrible and he might have played himself out of Colorado because he you know he got he was uh, a trade deadline acquisition expected to kind of be that veteran presence in the postseason he wasn't I don't think they're going to try to resign him because of that so you let go of him you know the three turnovers that they had in the one game that led to three Vegas goals how much of that can you really put on Bednar? He's not playing the game. He's not making those passes. He has to rely on his team to make those passes, and they don't. Is he is he immune from ridicule for, for some of the decisions that he made? Definitely not. And and the big one hanging over him right now is why would you not play Bowen Byram at any point during the postseason? That's all fair game. But do you feel like he is a good enough coach where if changes are made in the roster, bring in a couple of pieces that you can fine-tune – that you feel like he still can't coach these guys to a deep run in the playoffs? I don't see with the salary cap problems mm-hmm. to make it a much better team than this year. Now you can say, tough. okay, EJ was not there and Calvert was not there. With those two guys, probably would have been different. And probably it would have been, especially with EJ. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I don't, how long? I wonder how long Joe Sakic wants to wait, because yeah. this team has a has a time frame. And and Nathan McKinnon said it. He's there nine years now, and he has won nothing yet. Yeah, there is a a time limit with coaches. You're you you're right about that, where they they do need to produce, you know, something maybe at least get to a Stanley Cup final. Uh, before you start at, before you just need like new blood, you know, a, a new way of thinking, a new system. That that's how that's the coaching cycle. That's the carousel with coaching, no doubt about it. I just don't know if we're there yet with the Avalanche, and I think they that they know 
if they were to hire a new coach right now, you're, you're starting over. I'm not saying next year is going to be a waste if you start a new coach, but that takes time. Like the off season this year is not a long off season. So you remember when they hired Bednar, he had a very short amount of time to get his system implemented and the season was a disaster. And then they had a full year to, to understand what he wanted. And the next year they made the playoffs and they've been making the playoffs ever since then. They're not going as far as they want to, but if you bring in a new coach right now with the short off season, uh, you'll still have a good team, but you're and you're not completely hitting the reset button, but you are in maybe a little sense of the word kind of throwing in the towel and just saying, like, we got to start over again. And I don't think that's a really good thing to do right now. He's he's not I don't think he's on the well, he's coming back. You know, we've already got the word that he's coming back um, and he's not I don't feel like he's on a hot seat or anything like that. But you, if, if this continues, then yes, you have to say, like, maybe they just need something different to get over this hump. And for some reason, he can't get them over it. Yeah, that's a question of the time frame again. How long you want to mm-hmm. give him? Yeah, okay. Yes, yes. No, you're, you're right about that. And, and I, you know what? And I think for me, and, and this is kind of where I fall with coaches, I tend to give coaches more leeway. And I tend to give coaches more time than maybe the masses. And that might be where we differ. You know, there's people that give coaches like two years. And if you haven't done anything in two years, three at the max, if you haven't at least gotten to that final of whatever sport you're in, make a change. I, and, and maybe this is me growing up a Broncos fan and Mike Shanahan being there for 16 years I I'd like guys with tenure and I like guys that stay in one spot. I just feel like there's, there's something to be said about that. Um, and, and if it's not working, then you move on. But I, I mean, it's what happens in sports right now is like we pull the, we'll pull the rug under coaches really, really quickly. And I'm just not there with Bednar yet. If I, if I just felt like he was incompetent and like he, he was, not making the right calls all the time. No coach is going to make the right calls hundred percent of the time. And like I said, he's fair game for some of the decisions he made in the playoffs. That's all fair game. Uh, but he, if, I mean, if you go back and watch some of those regular season games, he made some really good adjustments on the fly during intermissions. And I would have liked to see that carry over into uh, the, the playoffs and not make those adjustments on the off day make them during the game and maybe the outcome is a little bit different. That's all fair. I get that. Um, Alan, you have any thoughts on Bednar? You like him? You glad he's coming back or are you with uh, Lothar and you think they need a change? No, I think he needs to stay. Uh, last year was a write-off totally this year while it was a totally unprecedented season. <clears throat> um, the way they built the team up, the team, should have maybe peaked this year and they didn't, but there's still maybe it's not done yet. I mean, you still have the, the couple young guys that just got brought up in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, you have uh, Simple Ranta, you have Alice Newhook. <clears throat> I mean, them guys they get a little more development down in the AHL next year or work on the summer. Um, who knows? They could jump in. Maybe they could be the answer. Yeah. And I, I do agree. He should have put Byram in. When he didn't, that was something that I totally agree with. 
<clears throat> um, as far as Nemeth, I mean, yeah, he made some mistakes. So did Ryan Graves. I'm not going to, just because he's my favorite Your boy. player, I'm not going to, I can't not say what he did. I mean, he, he had some pretty nasty turnovers too, but yeah. he, he had a couple of really good games as well, but especially his birthday. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a full stat sheet on the birthday. Yeah, right? that was a full stat sheet. Yeah. Yep. He did have a penalty on that. I, I messed up on that one the last time. <laughs> oh, on, on the graphic? Yeah. No, right. no. I, when I said it here. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, anyway. Um, no, I, I think Bednar should stay. I think he's got some more time to build up still before yeah. we see that time end. I, I agree. I think he should stay, but um, you know he need, he needs to get this team further than they've gone. Like yes. I'm not I'm not letting him completely off the hook. Just saying, you know, you are in a comfortable spot. Um, you, you gotta you gotta get these guys over the hump somehow, some way. Sackick needs to do his part in in you know what he can do under the cap restrictions and bring in some guys and uh, maybe bring up some of the youth. Uh, he's got to do his part. But you're right, like, uh, you know, Sackett, or excuse me, Bednar needs to do his part as well. So, um, well, because we're doing this on Thursday, we have our season grade. So why not do it right here, right now with you guys? So Andre Burakovsky was up for his grade. And looking at the Twitter vote, he got 15% for an A, 64%, which is the highest, obviously, for a B, 18% C, and 4% D, F. So um, I, I'm in the, the B range for him. Again, if I was doing pluses and minuses, I would probably do like a B minus for him because the postseason wasn't the greatest. Um, but in the regular season, and I should have brought up his stats, I apologize for not doing that sooner um just to get his exact stats on the year but uh you know his first year with his new contract um i i felt like he was going to have a a monster year i really felt like he was going to have that that first year after you get that uh that first year under belt in a new team within in a new city um so i thought you know in getting his new contract i thought he was going to kind of explode a little bit. I mean, he had a, had a good season. Where is he? 19 goals, 25 assists, 44 points. It's kind of what they wanted from him, you know? So uh, I want to see his breakdown to his game log. Uh, Cause I'm trying to remember if he had like the playoffs were, were not good. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat that. But I just want to see if he went like long stretches at a time without scoring. He kind of did in the beginning of the season, three, four, five, six, a seven game stretch where he didn't score. But after that, it's, you know, he, you know, if he didn't score, it was for maybe a game or two. There's one that's three games, but for the most part, like he, he's what you want in a, in a second liner. And that's kind of what they got from him. Brought him up to the, the top line a few times because he deserves that. And, and times where the front, the top line was not going and Bednar need to make a change and bring uh, Landis Gog down, you bring him up and you don't miss a beat. So uh, I think he is definitely going to be one of their protected players going into the Kraken draft. So uh, if, if he had had a good 
postseason. Uh, let's say if he had had a great postseason, he would have maybe been hovering on an A, A minus. If he had had a decent postseason, he would have been a solid B. Uh, but the postseason that he had kind of lowers him down. I don't, I can't put him in like a C plus thing because that's really not fair because he did have a good regular season. So uh, if I'm using pluses and minuses, which I can't do on the Twitter poll, I would give him a B minus. So Kyle, thoughts on Andre Burakovsky? What kind of vote would you give him? Uh, what'd you think? I was in the B vote. Um, you can't spell Burakovsky without a B. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was, I mean, he was, he was okay. Um, I mentioned it to you the other day. I mean, he has, he's third all time in elimination game playoff goals behind the rocket Richard and Pavel Bure. Um, Berkey has 10 elimination game goals in 13 games. Like he steps up when it matters, but he has that problem of disappearing at the wrong time. And a yeah. lot of times everybody else is kind of stepping up around him. So it makes up for it in the moment. But I would, I mean, he would be an A plus 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 player if he just would get that, that tenacious mentality and just like put the puck on the net just a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Um, and kind of going through some of the, the comments um, <clears throat> in the, the Twitter conversation, you have one that says he's capable of scoring more, but he still brings value in checking and penalty kill. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could say he could score more, but he scores at a pretty decent clip. I mean, there's 19 goals. Uh, sure. I mean, you might want a few more out of him, but when you're playing on a, a good team and a good second line, um, it's not always up to him. So, and you have a guy like Saad who he's playing across from that, you know, he's soaking up some goals. So, um, there's, let's see, another one uh, from Talking Avalanche Puck says a B above average than expected, but not to top potential. Okay. Um, I can agree with that. I feel like he's one of those guys, like if he was on, say he didn't get protected and the Kraken picked him up, he would be one of their top scorers. So I think it's dependent on the team. So again, for the Avalanche, he doesn't need to be that top potential, but he, uh, you know, I think what Kyle said is true. There's times where he just seems to take shifts off and there's time where he seems to take games off. Um, and you want that. If he had that Nathan McKinnon mentality, like go, go, go full bore all the time, you would definitely get obviously more points out of this guy in goals. Uh, Rebecca says he has good moments, but disappears too often. Uh, where have we heard that? Um, he has such a great shot and I'd like to see more of it often. ELOQ says when he is confident, he is deadly. If he keeps getting uh, second line time, I hope his confidence builds even more. He's a true sniper. Uh, Drome says he gave him a D and he says, you have to show up in the playoffs. And if that's not a, what have you done for me lately vote? I don't know what is. It's a, a little bit unfair. I think maybe, you know, it's a week after they've been eliminated and apparently uh, he's still a little bit bitter. And then, uh, well, Lothar commented, but I will I'll let him say uh, what he wants to say about Burkowski because he's joining us today. So give me your thoughts on Berkey. 
Yeah, I agree with Kyle. I mean, for me, he's a straight B. I feel sorry for him that he couldn't bring that, what he showed in the regular season, the playoffs, but, you know, he's human. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't work, and this time it didn't work for him. I hope for him next year it's better in the playoffs for him. And you think he's a uh, no-doubter protected player? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I already loved, liked him when he was in Washington, so that was a great move from Joe Sackick again. Great yeah. trade. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think he's not going anywhere. Locked up for a couple more years. So, um, and hopefully, maybe he needed two seasons. Well, and I don't want to make it seem like he didn't have a good year. He had a, a good year, but it's the postseason. I'm waiting for him to really just ascend into a, a different level. Like, I think he, I just feel like he has the potential to be an all star. Um, and he's not tapping into that potential. He, he's right on that cusp of uh, just, like ascending a little bit more than he is um, and not an all-star year in and year out. I'm just looking for him to have that one year where he just explodes and people are like, where'd this guy come from? Um, and, you know, he gets like an all-star nod or something like that. But Alan, any thoughts on Burkowski? Where'd you vote for him? Uh, I voted B for him again. Um mm-hmm. With my two votes, the Ryan Gray fan page voted B as well. <laughs> oh, oh, man, we are tilting the polls. I love it. Yeah, is it is this um, Russian interference right here with our with our poll vote voting? No, it would be it would be Canadian. Sorry, the Canadian. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he well, he was fourth in points. He was fourth in goals, and he had one of the better shooting percentages or scoring percentages of the team. He had the least amount of penalty minutes amongst the the top guys as well. So I mean, all that being said, he did pretty good. Yeah. So he he earned the B, and yeah, like you said, if the playoffs would have been better, well, then it could have risen his grade a little bit. But I mean, really, he had a good year. He just didn't excel past what he could have. Right. Yeah. But his stats were decent. I mean, he's up against McKinnon. Landy and uh, and Rantanen, and he was just ahead of Makar, but Makar didn't play the full season. So, right, yeah, I think you know, and the voting kind of is trending that way. Sixty four percent, so the vast majority of people yeah. kind of agree with what we're we're saying here. So, um, we'll have the next one up. The next one, <clears throat> you know, guys like you know Kyle Burrows is in there, but I'm not going to you know have a vote for him. So the next one up uh, is Bowen Byram. I feel like he's played enough for, you know, this past year. And, um, you know, there was so much expectation for him uh, that I think it's deserving to put him in for a vote. So he will be the next player that we vote to give a season grade on. That will go up uh, Friday in the afternoon sometime. So be on the lookout for that. And then that we'll cover that one on. Uh, Monday show, but I did want to real quickly just go around to you guys because I was talking about the Kale McCarr situation and the free agency, and the the kind of the question is: Do the Avs go big, give him a longer term contract, or is this going to be a bridge deal? Um, I, you can make the argument for for both, but I I'm thinking, you know, you lock this guy up for as long as you can. If you want to do a bridge deal, do a bridge deal because he's you're still going to he's still going to be restricted cuz he's not going to hit 27 if you do a a bridge deal 
for the on the avalanche side of things, you're probably just going to end up paying him more money because, you know, a three year deal for him, what he's going to do over the next three years, he'll command more than, let's say, the 10 million dollars a year that kind of people assume that he's going to get. So I think for the avalanche, it would benefit them and behoove them to do a longer term deal right now, because you're probably going to pay him less right now than you will in three years if you do a bridge deal. But having said that with the flat cap, you know, maybe you do have to do a bridge. Your kind of hands are tied. So I kind of wanted to get your guys thoughts on this. Kyle, what do you think about Kale McCarr and the contract situation? Uh, Long term, get it done, lock him up or shorter bridge deal because of the flat cap. I honestly would say bridge him. Um, I, I just, you want, you want to see what you do with Landeskog and McKinnon coming up. I would bridge him. Um, see how the cap, see what we do in the off season. Just, I wouldn't commit long-term yet. Especially, and it's, so for you, the, it's all it's all numbers related. It's not it's absolutely numbers related. Nothing against Kale, and I know he'd understand. Um, you definitely want to bridge him. Let him know you're part of this machine moving forward. We need everybody on board at once, and just I mean, list it like seniority. Say we need to take care of Gabe, and we need to take care of Nate first. But we want you part of this long term. Um, We'll do this right now, but long-term, our plans are with you. Because hmm. if you – well, I mean, in, in what bridge would you give him? A three-year bridge? At, at least. I mean, yeah, I'd give him a – maybe, yeah, a three-year bridge. Just let him know that this is nothing, like, about your play. This is building the long-term, and we want yeah. you a, a pillar of this long-term plan. Because if you give him a three-year bridge, that would – that is so let's see McKinnon has two more years left he just finished this season I'm looking at cat friendly right now so he's got two more years left so that would be the year after uh McKinnon signs his massive deal which we know that's going to be a huge deal even though he said he would sign for the same amount of money I will believe that when I see it um so you kind of will be in a hopefully a better situation cap wise hopefully this flat cap is gone by then it does make sense it does make sense to do that um and i could definitely see them doing it so it could go either way especially with the new espn deal coming up and all the money coming in off of that the flat cap should go away and this is one of those that you i mean honestly if you say, Hey, if we sign you long-term now and we're unable to make a move in the future, you don't want everyone getting mad or having to turn because we made, we jumped the gun, be part of the long-term plan. Let's not resolve this right now. Yeah. Uh, you're making a lot of sense. That's honestly what I would do, but I don't like it, but you're making a lot of sense. So, um, see, I, I'm just of the mind, like lock these guys up for as long as possible. <laughs> so, uh, Lothar, do you have any comments on, on this, on what they would do with, with Kyle? Kyle makes a lot of sense, but <laughs> sorry, Kyle, I go the other way. I, I take him eight years and in the price range of Rantanen. Yeah. That's kind of where my head is at. I, like I said, I just, I, I just want to know that, you know, the, maybe the second best player on this team, arguably after McKinnon, 
um, is going to be around for eight years. That would make me feel comfortable rather than uh, having to deal with this again in, you know, the next two or three years. Me too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Alan, any comments on what they should do with Makar long-term or Bridget? <laughs> like everybody else, Kyle, Kyle said it really well, but it would be nice to get him long-term because you know he's just going to rise – He's just going to get better. He's still young. He's not even matured in the game yet, really. I mean, as good as he is now, holy. That's, that's a scary thought. It is. Yeah. He's going to be one of the top defensemen in a long time. He already is. He already is, and he's 22 years old, right? 20, yeah. 22, 23, 22. Um, yeah. Just real quick. Yeah. Would we – I mean – Kale has had slight injuries. Mm-hmm. If we go long term now, um, would we not end up becoming the Minnesota Wild? Um. Well, how so? Because... They balloon. They ballooned with like if we're going to, we're not going to sign Nate. I mean, Gabe to anything long term. We have Miko wrapped up with a $9 million deal for a while. Nate's coming in with another lofty deal. If we go long-term and pay Kale McCarr now, is that where our, are we going to turn into the Maple Leafs where we have four players making almost half of our cap at the current point? Like I'm saying like we got to play it a little smart. Like there's, I'm not saying anything about Kale McCarr and his production and who he is as a star and what he's going to be. But you got to think about this financially going forward. You don't want to end up like the Kings with long-term deals that aren't really the greatest. Like at the time they felt like a great idea, but towards the end of it, you wish you didn't take it. There's, I don't see what the, the downfall of bridging kale at this point and just bringing him in after you take care of the, the superstars that are established in their prime. I think the, the idea, you know, behind not bridging him is, you know, say you do, say you do bridge him um, after, let's say they do it for three years. Um, you might be then having to give him more than $10 million a year. As crazy as that sounds, because by then you would think the flat cap is over. And then guy, and then like you said, with the ESPN money coming in, and the TNT money coming in, caps are going to go up. You're going to have to pay him more than that. So do you give him that money now? And you're really kind of saving money in the long term because as opposed to paying him over the course of 11 years, you're playing, paying him over the course of eight. And who knows what the hell happens after at the end of eight years. You might sign him again, but that's you don't, you're not thinking about eight years down the road. Um, you know, there, There's a lot of back and forth on, on just how much you want to spend right now compared to – a little bit in the future or way down in the road in the future. And you're right with like Toronto, like uh, they have, you go, you just go to their cap friendly page and it's like, how are they under the cap? It just seems like guys are making $10 million left and right on that team. The avalanche aren't there yet. You know, they, they got Miko Rantanen making 9.25. He is far and away the most. Um, and then you have, you know, by the time, and here's another reason maybe why you bridge him by that time, uh, Eric Johnson's money will be coming off. 
if he sticks around for the remainder of his contract at six million per. So that will come off. So that will help. That a lot of that will go towards Makar. Um, but you you the the Avalanche have always known that you know they have a lot of youth, and if all of these guys pan out, there's no way you're keeping all of them because you can't pay them all. Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen money, you know, and, and what happens if Bowen Byram, if he, if he, you know, does lives up to every expectation that would be around the same time that you're giving McCarr a, another deal after his bridge is up. And then you have to do this whole thing over again with Byram. Like right now the abs are in, in a, a good spot because they have all these young players that haven't proven themselves. If they do, this is going to be a nightmare in the next three to four, three, four to seven years. Because if all of these guys pan out, I don't know where you get all this money to sign all these guys. It's going to be very, very tough. So that's why we're saying they have to win now and get the cup over with and then deal with the money situation when you deal with the money situation. Yeah, that's exactly like the if the Avalanche would have won the cup this year. It would have been a no-brainer, long-term deal, Kale, right now. Um, you want to use that in the bridge deal as the carrot. Be like, if you win this cup, $10 million is where we start when, mm-hmm. this, when this contract comes up um, because of the ESPN deal and EJ's contract falling off. Um, you dangle that carrot because, I mean, are you want to you want to commit to two or three more years of second-round exits? Like, you want to tell them we're want we want to make this team for the future. We want to get past the second round. Let's bridge, win the cup, and you we'll give you a blank check. Yeah, I mean basically McCarr be betting on himself. Yep. If he did bridge to, to make more money on the back end of that. So fascinating stuff, man. Like I, I I love this stuff. We'll see where it goes. On in the end, I'll be happy with, with either one because they'll have them locked up at least for a few more years or uh, a whole bunch of years. And either way, I, I'm, I'm good with that. So you know, there's really not any major downside to either one. So uh, that's going to be it today, guys. Thank you for uh, joining the green room. We will do another one next week. And I am working on getting Ryan Clark from The Athletic on again sometime next week to discuss some uh, Kraken and protection players from the avalanche and who Seattle might take. I don't know if you guys read it. I don't even know if you guys subscribe to the athletic, but he came out with his seventh volume of the Seattle Kraken draft. And this one, he did a little bit different. He had two other writers on with him and they, the, between the three of them, they went through each team. And I think this was the very first one that he did not have the, uh, the Kraken taking Tyson Jost from the abs. All three guys did not have, this was the first time he had two other writers and none of the three writers had Tyson Jost. Two of them took Ryan Graves. Sorry, Alan. And one of them took Donskoy. So, uh, I'm working, I was talking to Ryan today. We're going to, he said, and I think I can say this because <laughs> he didn't really give me specifics, but he said, uh, he goes, I think there's a big announcement coming from the Kraken next week. So he, he, I, I, you know, he's like, can we be a little bit flexible because I don't know when that's going to be, but he thinks it's going to be next week. Could be a head coach, maybe. 
I don't know. So uh, he, he should be on sometime next week, and we'll talk Kraken draft and uh, Avalanche players possibly going to Seattle. And our Kraken show will be starting in a couple weeks. I know Lothar is so excited about that. So uh, listen to my show first, Lothar, and then go listen to the Kraken show. I know you're not going to listen to the Kraken show, but whatever. Uh, all right. That's going to be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back on Monday. Go vote for Bowen Byram. And uh, we'll talk about that on Monday and anything else that happens possibly over the weekend for the Avs. So that'll be it for today, everybody. Thank you guys in the green room and in the chat. These are always fun. And we'll do it again next week. We'll see you then. Go, Abs, go!